That's what we're doing today, is doing a little bit of celebration. Uh, it, we're not yet at the place where we're going to celebrate a new pastor or something like that, but we're celebrating the process. We're celebrating that we've gotten at least to the place where we've been able to have a candidate here with us today and to celebrate the good work that has been done in the past 18 months as we have worked together. And everyone has worked together on this process. Um, we're nearing the end of our series entitled Ancient Faith that has been looking at spiritual practices that have kept the church in, uh, in place and kept the church alive over 2,000 years. And so we're looking at this, the, continuing to look at this Ancient Faith series. And today, as Providence would have it, the spiritual discipline that we're looking at is celebration. It seems pretty appropriate. And that's good. So we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of uh, thinking through the process, celebrate that, think about what is worthy of being celebrated, and uh, pray about the future a little bit. So we'll dive into this together. But first of all, I, I want to kind of define this whole concept of celebration a little bit. And as you know, we've been following along in that book, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And he puts this chapter on celebration at the very end of his book. And he says, joy, or celebration, is the end result of the spiritual disciplines functioning in our lives. Joy is the end result of the spiritual disciplines functioning in our lives. God brings about the transformation in our lives through the disciplines, and we will not know genuine joy until there is a transforming work within us. Many people, he says, come, try to come to joy far too soon. Often we try to pump up people with joy. When in reality, nothing has happened in their lives. God has not broke into the routine experiences of their daily existence. Celebration comes when the common ventures of life are redeemed. That's, that's a good word from Richard Foster. Now, remember, throughout this sermon series, we have worked hard to distinguish between means of grace and source of grace. And let's not forget it now. Let's remember that there is only one source of grace, and that is Jesus. And that we can, we can never... Uh, get grace from any of our spiritual disciplines. That's not how grace is given to us. We receive grace from Jesus because of what he has done on the cross. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have blessed us with grace, and we receive it freely. But the spiritual disciplines are about how we understand God's grace in our lives and how we understand how he is at work in our lives. And we might be tempted sometimes to just try and go through life without the spiritual disciplines, but we'll never understand how he is at work in our lives if we don't have some spiritual disciplines that connect us with God's grace. We've said it over and over again, it's a means of grace, not the source of grace. And so we remember that as we dive into this again today. But I also thought it would might be another opportunity for us to say, hey, maybe this is a moment in your life where you've never really realized some of this before. 
you've never really realized the importance of a relationship with Jesus and accepting his grace in your life, being centered on Jesus and headed toward Jesus so that his grace can be a part of your life. If that's something that you haven't yet wrestled through, and I'm speaking to people online and in our presence here today, if that's something that you haven't yet done, then we'd love to talk with you about that and, and make sure that you understand what it means to have a life centered on Jesus. We also, I'm saying that for another reason, we also have a time of celebration coming up where we're going to do some baptisms in September. And so maybe that's a part of your spiritual journey that is yet to be done. So on September 24th, we're going to take down the wall back here. And we're going to fill up the baptistry with water, and that will be an opportunity for people to be baptized. We know there's a few people who are preparing for that now, but there may be others. And if September 24th doesn't work for you, we can find another time as well. But uh, that's a time we're aiming for at this point. So all of that to say, let's remember that the spiritual disciplines are a means of grace and not our source of grace. Our text for the message today, though, is going to be Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. This passage will help us work through some of this business about celebration. So let me read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. You can follow along in your phone or your iPad or your, pull out your laptop. You can log into the mainframe and you can find the Bible there. Or you could pull out a piece of paper with a Bible. There, I see a paper Bible right there. And, uh, but however you access the Bible, let's read along together from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Paul, the apostle inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us here that joy is a characteristic of the life of a Christian. Christians ought to be the most joyful people on the planet. And I think that's why we cringe so badly sometimes when we see angry Christians in the media, right? We know we want to be people of joy. And Paul the Apostle, inspired by the Holy Spirit, reminds us that we are to be people of joy, people of celebration. We desire to be those people of joy. But the kind of joy that is envisioned here is joy in the Lord. It's a celebration of being in the Lord's will and seeing the will of the Lord done in the world. It's not joy for the sake of joy. It's not that pumping ourselves up into joy. It's in the will 
of the Lord. Now, we don't rejoice about injustice in the world. We don't injust about, uh, uh, rejoice about injustice or pain or suffering in the world. We, we don't rejoice and have joy about the sicknesses in our lives and those sorts of things. We rejoice in the Lord. And we rejoice that God's will helps us to understand all of those other pieces. Verse 5 ends with, the Lord is coming soon. When the Lord returns, when we meet him face to face, either because the Lord has returned to the earth and every person on earth has seen him come, or because we pass away and we meet him face to face, in either situation, all things will be made right. He will set things right. And either way, his will will be done. Verse 6 tells us that instead of worrying about the difficulties, the injustices, the pain of our world, we can pray. Don't worry about anything, it says. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. It sounds like a pretty good template for our lives, doesn't it? It says, pray about everything. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Kind of a a three-step process there. I think I've got it in one of those slides back there somewhere. But kind of a three-step process. Pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank God for all he's done. Now, we all know that when we pray about what we need, pray about everything, tell God what we need, we may also be praying what we think we need, right? And so we don't always get an answer that fits exactly with what we thought we needed, right? Sometimes we wish that our prayer would get answered a little bit differently. And maybe it's just because we don't quite understand what we need. And that's when we thank God for what he's already done. And we thank him for his will. And this is the kind of joy that the Holy Spirit is talking about in this passage. It is a joy in the Lord that trusts his will and trusts that his will will be done. Because what we're doing is we're asking to be brought into the reality of the world, the reality that is already there in God's will and in God's heaven and in the renewal that we will see when heaven and earth are renewed once again. Verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Well, what are some things that are excellent and worthy of praise that we could think about? Well, I can think of how the end of the war in Ukraine would be excellent. In fact, the end of war of all kinds would be even more excellent. What would be excellent if there was no injustice in the world? It would be excellent if there was food for everyone and that no one went without food. It would be excellent if no one had mental health disorders. It would be excellent if no one had addiction issues. These are some 
things that are excellent and worthy of praise and things that we can pray about and believe that God desires them too. And we can pray about these things and we can hope and believe and dream for these things to happen. And we can pray that they will begin to happen in our local environment because the accomplishing peace in the world will always begin in our local context. It'll begin with us, and it'll begin in our community. So, I would suggest you that's a bit of a brief overview of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, and it reminds us how we are to celebrate and rejoice in the things that God is doing. And we can believe that he will do even more. So, But I'd like for us to also begin to think locally, like I just said, and begin to think about what are the things that we can celebrate in this context? What are some of the things that God has been doing in our context for the last while in this church? Well, we've already mentioned the good work of our elders and deacons, but here's a few more things we can celebrate, I think. We can celebrate that we are a healthy community of faith that has weathered this pandemic And I would say weathered this pandemic better than most. Okay, I apologize if I'm bragging a little bit, but I'm bragging on you guys. I think we've come through the pandemic quite well. I think this is a healthy community of faith because we've come through it and worked together. We can celebrate a children's ministry that is thriving under the leadership of a team of volunteers. Uh, One of our key deacons oversees that, and there is great ministry happening with our children back behind that back wall. And it's soon becoming a a teenager's group as well, so we need to prepare for that, okay? But right now, we've got a great children's ministry that's thriving back there. We have a tech team. Well, I was going to say that has grown and is ready for the next steps. Right now, if you look over here, you'll just see Phil. But sometimes there's three people. (laughs) Sometimes there's three people back there. And so Phil has worked to build that team. And they're kind of ready for next steps. And so I'm excited to see where their tech stuff will go in the next little while. Um, But, you know, more importantly, there's other things going on here too. Well, just as importantly, I should say. We have a church that seeks to be centered on Jesus and calls others to center their lives on Jesus. We have a church that is made up of people who serve in our community. I mean, we could make quite a list here, but I've added a few things. We have people who teach in our schools. We have businesses in our community, uh, people that run businesses in our community. We have people that contribute to the fabric of our town and our, our county. We have people that serve in our hospitals, clinics, and care facilities. We have people who serve with church out serving. We have people who serve with Riverside 83. We have people who serve with first serving. These are all things that are community engaged, helping our community around us. We have a church that meets the needs of parents through the work of our child care center that is happening here in this building. If you were to come in here any day last week, any of the Monday through Friday of this past week, you would see this place bursting at the seams. 
they can have up to 80 people, 80 kids rather, in this program in the summertime. So it's more than what we have throughout the rest of the year. So when, sometimes when the uh, childcare staff, people say to them, you know, is it a little bit easier for you in the summer? They say, no, because they run a, a, child's, a children's camp program as well. And so they've tried to do lots of it outdoors, and they, they'll be out in this pavilion out here and running around in the shade of these trees. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And the building is full. It's, uh, there, and if you look around the building, yes, you'll see little nicks in the paint and that sort of thing. And yeah, the building gets beat up from so many kids in it, but that's a good thing. We never worry about that, right? Uh, sometimes you'll come in here and the, the, you know, so many kids going through the bathrooms, it smells a little rough in here sometimes. <laughs> but that's a good thing. This church is able to serve the parents of this community, and there's a place for their kids with loving caregivers. And I've seen them. They are truly loving caregivers who help with these kids. So another thing we can celebrate that this congregation has been able to do. Uh, We're also a church that serves missionaries beyond our local church, both locally and around the world. Um, we've got uh, a couple of people within our congregation that are either already involved in uh, Youth for Christ, uh, Youth Unlimited. Uh, Travis is coming on board with Youth for Christ, and uh, Dan Avey has already been leading it in the community here. We've got people here who are doing that sort of thing, and we support them. And So those are great things that are going on. Man, I could go on for a little while longer, but we're trying to keep the sermon short today so you'll have more time to spend with Stephen and Yvette. Lots of good things that we, I believe we can celebrate that this church is doing. Let's not forget that in the midst of this, we have been in, this is all stuff that's going on in the midst of transition. We have not had a full-time lead pastor We've had an interim lead pastor, Pastor Tamil, who's done a fantastic job. But we're still looking for that lead pastor that will lead us in the next phase of things. And so our transition team, there's about 17 people there that have uh, been helping with that process. And now our search team that's working on helping to find a new lead pastor. So these are all things that are going on in the midst of this transition. And I, I want you to just remember that as we continue to do, go through this process, what we've all been through together. About 11 months ago or so, I was hired on as a transitional pastor here to help with this process. And one of the first sermons I got to preach uh, here was a sermon on Matthew chapter, what was it, uh, 14, verses 22 through 36, where we talked about Peter walking on the water. Jesus walking on the water, and then he calls Peter out to walk on the water as well. And that was kind of indicative of the sense uh, of what we were, where we were at as a congregation at that time. We had just lost a lead pastor who was really good for this congregation. He resigned and went on to another church and is doing great work there. But we were, it felt a little bit like we were walking on stormy seas, right? Remember we talked about that? And we talked about how scary it can be to walk on stormy seas. And we, but like Peter, we decided that we would walk on the stormy seas. And when we actually eventually do hire a new lead pastor, there may be a tendency for us to go, ah, 
we've got it. We've got a lead pastor, and we're here, and we're ready to go. And we might be tempted to sit back in the relative comfort of the boat for a little while. And that's okay. It'll be okay to sit for a moment in the boat going, yeah, we're safe in the boat. There's a song in there someplace. I can't quite remember. If Jesus is in the boat with me, I don't know. I'm ad-libbing now, and I better stop. But <laughs> there, it'll be a, a little bit of a temptation to sit in the boat and rest. But you know what's going to happen? Jesus is going to come walking on the stormy sea, and he's going to call to us again. And he's going to say, I want you to get out of the boat. And he's going to point out to us that there's still stormy seas for many of our neighbors around us, that they're still out in the stormy seas. And he's going to say, I want you to get out of the boat, and I want you to walk on the stormy seas with me. And we'll have to decide whether we want to follow this Jesus out onto the stormy seas or not. That's what Peter had to do. He had to decide whether he was going to follow uh, Jesus out onto the stormy seas or not. But remember what Jesus said to him as he did that. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. That's still his message for us today. In so many ways, he is here with us. All the time. All the time. He is here with us. Take courage, Jesus says. I am here with you. Now, in a few minutes in our service, uh, we're going to spend some time thinking these things through. Pastor Tamil is going to take us through a spiritual practice. She's also going to take us through uh, a time of communion. And we're going to have a few minutes to just think about these things. And to think about how Jesus has given us many things to celebrate. And I meant to call for an amen on some of this, but have we got a few things to celebrate? Amen. amen. Are we done yet? No. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And now we're going to spend some time just thinking about that and thinking about what is it that God might be calling us to. And so as we take communion in a few minutes, I, want, I hope you can spend a few minutes just kind of thinking about walking on the stormy seas, the, the scariness of it, but how Jesus is there with us as well, and then committing once again to walking on those stormy seas, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let me pray with us, and then we'll call up Pastor Tamil to lead us through some more things here together. Lord God, we have come through some stormy seas, We've come through a great deal of transition. We're just thankful for the celebration we can have, that we can, we can celebrate great things you've done. And God, we just pray that you will help us to know where to go from here. Whatever it feels like, however we're walking on unstable ground, help us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. May we live a Jesus-centered church life here together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.